The Breakdown Politics With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Telling you what you need to know Regarding politics Breaking it down Politics And welcome to another episode of Politics with Melissa Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Today's topics will be discussed by Mercer Prescott. We do not have a special guest today because I sent out the message way too late. There's a lot of people that want to be on the air to talk about this thing we call politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies on, available on all streaming broadcasts. If you haven't subscribed to the Urban Breakdown already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown featuring hit shows such as Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Yeah, baby. All right, all right. Thank you, sir. We got a lot to talk about. We are just gonna jump right into it. Uh, I don't know. I'm, you know, I haven't lived in New York in 20 years, so I don't know how people feel about uh, Eric Adams being the mayor of New York now. But I did come across an article that caught my eye. All right, uh, this is from Bloomberg.com. New York City officials want to send drivers and cyclists a message: lax enforcement of traffic rules is ending. Mayor Eric Adams on Wednesday said that the city was launching a multi-million dollar ad campaign to highlight a new slate of pedestrian safety initiatives and a new traffic rule requiring cyclists and drivers to come to a complete stop at all intersections, including those without traffic signals or stop signs. He said the New York Police Department would also step up enforcement of traffic violations, focusing on a thousand of the city's most dangerous intersections. He said last year, New York City experienced the highest level of traffic fatalities in nearly a decade. To that end, the city's transportation department plans to add uh, improved traffic signals, raise crosswalks, and other expanded pedestrian spaces at intersections where Adams said half of pedestrian fatalities and 70% of injuries occur. Now, people, if there's one thing that we know about America, is that people just don't like being told what to do unless it's by somebody who they respect. I don't know how much respect people have for Eric Adams because, I mean, you know, some people, Donald Trump could tell them anything and they'll just be like, yeah, Trump. And then, you know, somebody else will tell them something. They're just like, hey, you're not the boss of me. Okay. So I don't know enough about Eric Adams to say yay or nay. I know this traffic law that he's posting is not exactly unique. There are other states who have adopted, and well, I should say other cities, who've adopted similar laws to combat uh, fatalities. You know, and I I will say this. I guess because I don't live in New York, I'm indifferent to it, but I understand why laws like this have to come into place because, unfortunately, America, when it comes to most things, are reactionary, right? You would figure after Columbine, after uh, Newtown, after, uh, you know, all these elementary school shootings, all these high school shootings, all these college shootings, all these shopping mall shootings after Las Vegas, you would figure that we'd be reactionary enough to make new gun laws, right? No. But I guess we got to get it in where we can. Now, one thing I read in one of the, in one of the other articles is that 
uh, I don't know if it's going to be your first offense or repeated offense of this. We'll give you uh, points on your license. And real quick, I just wanted to go over, there is a difference between points on your license and insurance points. Okay. If, and I'm going to use my own state of North Carolina as an example, basically because not just because we live here, but because their uh, websites were gracious enough to give us detailed uh, descriptions of each. Okay. If you have points on your insurance, basically what that means is that your insurance will just simply go up by a ridiculous amount, depending on how many points you get. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Like in North Carolina, if you get two points, uh, uh, two insurance points, uh, depending on your insurance company, when they calculate these, your insurance will go up by 45%. In North Carolina, a DUI is 12 points. If you have 12 insurance points, your insurance is going up by 400%. That's an actual thing. Points on your on your license is very different. And that's what's going to be happening to people in New York if they repeatedly break this law. Um, points on your license, I couldn't find out what it is for New York because their DMV is very uh, unfriendly. But in North Carolina, uh, real simple uh, breakdown here. Uh if you accumulate 12 points within a three-year period, your license will be suspended. Uh, eight points within three years following the reinstatement of a license can result in an additional suspension. You know, So if those points stack up, then they will suspend your license. They didn't say, well, actually, and then yes, they did say. So first suspension is 60 days. Second suspension, six months. Third suspension is one year. So I know in some states they do allow you to take a, like a driver's ed courses or defensive driving courses to remove points, but that goes state by state. Talk to your DMV. But the problem, and, and I'm not going to put this on any particular city or any particular country. We do things uh, reactionary because, unfortunately, we let things go on for too long. And then we have to react in a big way. I, you know... I'm from New York. I never learned how to drive because New York traffic is ridiculous as is. I went home one day for a, for a wedding. We drove, right? Just to, usually to get from Long Island where we are to Brooklyn is maybe 40 minutes. During rush hour, when we by the time we got to New York, we were like, well, we don't have time to stop. We'll just go straight into Brooklyn. It took uh, almost two hours to get into Brooklyn. And it wasn't because, oh, there was an accident and somebody flew through a windshield. It was basically because there were too many cars on the road at once. It was just congestion. So people feeling like, okay, well, all these you know extra stops are going to make traffic worse. Yeah, probably will. But it also means that a lot of more people will be going home to their families. As opposed to being crushed by cars. So. But, um... Blue, what are your thoughts on this? Like, do you think that these extra traffic laws are actually going to help? Or do you think it's just going to make traffic worse and not help anything? I believe that it will make it somewhat worse until people decide, you know what, we're wasting gas anyway. Let's catch these subs and these buses, trains. I want to see more people ride buses and trains and subways because they're, they're using, they're going to use whatever energy they use all the time anyway. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why not utilize that resource? You know what I mean? Un unfortunately, New York City subways are suffering because all these mayors going, you know, going way back, stop putting money into the subway. So basically mm -hmm. you have like track fires because there's so much garbage on the track sometimes. And because, you know, these things are electric, they catch fire. So it just fills the entire tunnels with smoke. Uh, you know, the whole thing is basically just infested with rats. You know, they just it's just. Uh, it's just absolutely horrendous, you know, because as someone who used to ride the subway all the time, you know, I, I, I went to college in New York for a couple of years, you know, so I used, to, I used to ride the subway all the time. And, you know, I, you know, back when I actually had a life, you know, dated young ladies who lived in the city and I, you know, I'd be in the subway, you know, all hours of the night and there'd just be rats just darting back and forth across the subway <laughs> stations, you know, because they stopped putting money into it, you know. If you go to places like the first time I went to uh, Toronto, their subway, uh, even even D.C. has a really clean subway system. You know, Toronto has a really clean subway system, all, places all over the world because they put money into their subway systems. New York stopped doing that. And that's why the that's why we're in the skin we're in now with it, where people are probably just like, well, I'll just pay through the nose to drive rather than get on the subway. So, but you're right. I mean, I would love to see more people take advantage of public transportation. It would be, first of all, it'd do a lot to help pollution and it would do a lot to help traffic. But, you know, until then, we just got to get these laws in place to make sure that people aren't getting crushed by cars on their way home, you know. So we'll see how this works out, you know. So, sloppy segue. This, I, I kind of, I kind of shoehorned this into the show today. Because this came up on my feed this morning. Actually, we'll go to uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get no information about no Whoopi Goldberg. Hold on. Let me read my text. Yeah. Nope. Pretty sure it's not in here. Uh-oh. Mayor Adams, new traffic law. Plea deal in McDaniel's case. Oh, no, oh, oh you're reading from the... I sent you an email. When I sent you the oh, text. I'm sorry. I didn't read no email. <laughs> yeah, no, I put all that in the email. But um, Whoopi Goldberg got suspended from the View for making a statement about uh, about the Holocaust. Now, here's the thing: I'm I'm going to put this disclaimer up front. I'm not here to talk about that, right? About what she said. I will say what she said, though. Okay. Uh. This is Whoopi in her apology. She said, I said the Holocaust wasn't about race and was instead about, a ma about man's inhumanity to man, Goldberg said on Tuesday on The View. But it is indeed about race because Hitler and the Nazis considered Jews to be an inferior race. Now, I will say this. I'm not going to spend too much time on that part of it. Do I think that that was a, a, a dumb thing to say? Yeah. Do I think she should have been suspended for two weeks for it? No. But like I said, we're not here to talk about that. Okay. And then Whoopi is not, uh, she says, she said stuff like that before. Like in 2009, according to the same article, in 2009, she remarked that Roman Polanski was not guilty of rape, rape. Remember one thing about Roman Polanski? He was accused of drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl. So how is that not rape, rape? <laughs> so, 
and then she also uh, defended Bill Cosby as he faced sexual assault accusations. And then eventually she uh, she reversed her position on that. I'm not talking about her statements. I do want to talk about one thing, uh, people's perception of the First Amendment, because when I was reading the comments on this, right, a lot of people in the comments, a surprising amount of people were just talking about, well, it's Whoopi's First Amendment rights. And I think a lot of people have either just never read the First Amendment or misinterpret the First Amendment. Okay, so the First Amendment guarantees freedoms concerning religion, expression, assembly and the right to petition. It forbids Congress from both promoting one religion over others and also restricting an individual's religious practices. Now, here's the important part. It guarantees freedom of expression by prohibiting Congress from restricting the press or the rights of individuals to speak freely. And I think the rights of individuals to speak freely, that's the part that people get wrong, okay? Not wrong, but I think they just misinterpret it because they feel that because of that, they could say whatever they want. Now, you are free to say whatever you want, but you are not free from consequence. And I think that's the part that people really uh, gloss over because I, I say this all the time. The one thing that debunks the whole thing about you being able to say whatever you want, two words, libel and slander. Because if you say something about someone that causes them harm, you could be held accountable. Look what happened with Alex Jones. Uh, after the, uh, after this, I think it was a Sandy Hook shooting. There's been so many shootings. But after Sandy Hook, uh, he was telling his followers that Sandy Hook was like a false flag operation and that the uh, the people involved were uh, crisis actors. So there was one family, you know, first of all, it's bad enough you lost your kid, right? Your elementary school kid. And then you have these crackpots showing up at your house all the time. They had to move seven times. Seven times they had to move because of Alex Jones. So of course he got sued. We talked about this on the Sunday show with, uh, with Odie about the, um, uh, the, the gossip girl on YouTube. I forget her name, but she got sued by uh, Cardi B and Cardi B uh, because she spread rumors that Cardi B had herpes and she sued for like uh, $4 million and she won. So, uh, not that Cardi needs the money, but just to just to make an example, like you can't just say stuff like that. So even people like Candace Owens, she was working for a Turning Point USA. She got fired from Turning Point USA because she basically uh, I forgot exactly what she said about Hitler, but she was making it seem like nah, Hitler was Hitler was all right. And then. uh you know, he just wanted to expand beyond his borders, and that and that was the problem. No, 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 no. You, you know what the problem was <laughs> with Hitler? There's no such thing as, well, maybe we can look at it from a different point of view. No, it's Hitler. There's no, there's no other point of view on this. There's no both sides on this. It's Hitler. That's like calling slaves undocumented workers. You know, so it's. Basically, you know, the First Amendment basically says that you can uh, 
You can criticize the government without fear of reprisal. You can't do that in Russia. Like all these Fox News cats are pretty much like praising Putin right now because it just they just want to be against Joe Biden. But here's the thing. If they were in Russia, you think they'd, you think there'd be a Fox News in Russia? No. All of a sudden, they'd just be like, oh, what happened to uh, uh, what happened to Tucker Carlson? Oh, he, he fell out the window. He clumsy. My Russian accent is terrible, but you get where I'm going with this. Um, it, it's still funny after all this time that people just don't get it. It's not like you can't just look up the Constitution on Google in like two seconds. Okay. Let's look at it like this. Even if you run around saying racist things and people saying, well, it's First Amendment, there's a cost to it. If you remember, there was a, uh, I don't want to just come out and call them a racist couple. That's being, it seems harsh, but there was a racist couple who were um, in, a, in a mall and they uh, they were hurling racial insults at, a, uh, at an Asian couple. And the Asian couple were filming them. Now, to be fair, we don't have the first part of what happened, but the woman did tell them in the video to go back to China. So basically they saw this Asian couple and they started making remarks about how Asians are spreading the uh, coronavirus and all that other stuff. And then he started taping them. And the woman said some, you know, some racist things. And then she told them to go back to China. And they were like, well, we're not from China, you know, but the internet is merciless. So after the video was posted, Someone found out who they were and had them reported. So the guy worked for the city uh, in, uh, it was in California, hold on, in Coronado. And he worked for the city. So right now he's on administrative leave. And, um, uh, you know, pending, in, pending the rest of the investigation, his wife worked for a uh, private school. And their private school has a lot of Asian kids in it. So she was immediately fired. Like, I mean, they, they investigated, they met with her, and then they fired her. So everybody always says that guns make people civil. No, cameras make people civil. Because if you show your ass out in the street and they film you and they find out who you are, you're going to lose your job. Is it worth it? You remember the guy who threw the smoothie at the uh, at the girls behind the counter? He got fired from his job. He worked for Merrill Lynch. He worked for them for 26 years. Now, granted, did he have a grievance with them? Yes, because they made him a smoothie, and I guess the smoothie had peanut butter in it. And they told him specific. He told him specifically, "Don't put peanut butter in the smoothie." And by accident, the peanut butter got into the smoothie. Now, they didn't know that he was giving it to his son who had um, peanut allergies. So unfortunately, the kid had to go to the hospital after drinking the smoothie. So the father came back and, you know, started raising hell. And uh, of course, when you come in with a bad attitude, you know, you're not going to get a good attitude in return. But then the guy got mad. He threw the smoothie at the girls behind the counter and then tried to break into the, you know, behind the counter to get at the girls. And all that was caught on video. Guy got fired. 26 years at his job, gone. Because he couldn't hold his temper in check. And the lawyer tried to make it seem like, well, you know, 
His son had to go there. I get that. But you still got to learn how to act. You can't just do and say what you want. And then he called the girl on the counter an immigrant loser. <laughs> so, I mean, the breaking and entering part was already going to be tough to beat. But when you get caught on there, you know, shouting shit like that to people, it's it's not going to work. You know. So. I, I, I say all that to say this, you know, unfortunately, you got to watch what you say. You know, when you, I'm pretty sure if I went back in my Twitter feed, go back about four or five years, maybe five or six years, there's going to be some stuff on there where I'm just going to be like, ah, I should have deleted this. <laughs> but when you're on TV and you got editors and you have people writing your little cards for you, you still got to watch what you say. So, I mean, Whoopi's fine. She'll eat her two-week suspension and she'll be back and they'll just be past it, you know? So, uh, moving on. We're going to move through this a little bit quickly here. Uh, the McMichaels, you know. Uh, basically, here's the part that kind of pissed me off. And here's a, and one other thing to, con to consider. I've never been to prison. So I don't know the difference between prisons, you know, I know it's not like, oh, yeah, well, I stayed in the Hilton or I stayed in the Motel 6. And then you, you could just tell the difference between the two. Right. Basically, they're going through their I mean, they had their state trial. The McMichaels and the other gentleman that was with them when they killed uh, Ahmaud Arbery were all found guilty. Right. So now they're going through the federal case. OK. And they tried to pull a fast one. And for some reason. The, the Justice Department was on board with this for some reason. They tried, and, and here's the thing. You may think this is a plea deal because their plea deal was for, okay, we'll plead, we'll plead guilty. We'll take 30 years, but we want to do our time in a federal prison, not a state prison. And Ahmad Aubrey's mother was furious because they did not discuss this with her at all. So they were going to try to pull a fast one and get them into better accommodations. Now, I know nothing about prison because I've never been to prison. Okay. But from what I've read about the difference between a federal prison and a state prison is that federal prisons are less crowded. They're better funded. And there's a lot more accommodations in the federal prison than there is in state prisons. I've heard some people call them club fed, you know, and, you know, Martha Stewart, of course, was in the federal prison. Now, prison is prison. OK, but you figure, like I said, if you had a choice between staying at a, at a Hilton and a Motel 6, you're going to pick the Hilton. You know, granted, if you could afford it. But what pissed me off is the fact that the Justice Department was going to go through with this. And luckily, it was struck down by a federal judge. Federal judge was like, nah, we're, we're not going to do this. You know, so I don't know who thought this was a good idea. Talking about on the, on the Justice Department side, but it just... You know, we already know that the McMichaels almost skated because they knew people at the police department. So we knew that they almost got away with that crime. And the only reason why they got caught 
is because they were dumb enough to think that that video that they shot of them killing Ahmaud Aubrey was going to exonerate them. Why would they think that? That doesn't really make any sense. So the fact that they were going to skate by, you know, skating by and getting a, a, a federal, uh, you know, going to federal prison instead of the state prison where they were originally sentenced to is just absolutely ridiculous. So I, you know, I don't know what to say. You know, it, it, it's just absolute ridiculousness. How and, you know, we can talk all day about the two tier justice system. You know, but sometimes you see it right in front of your face and some people still don't believe it. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, I, I will say one thing, right? Uh, moving on about. Uh, so. We'll talk about Jeff Bezos in a second, but I, I but I want to I want to talk about one thing real quick, and this this concerns Jeff Bezos. Okay, if you look at, uh, I was watching a TikTok, and someone had a TikTok video, and they talked about, and we've talked about this at length on the show, right? The uh, the mean and the median incomes in America, right? So you figure the mean is basically, of course, going back to your third grade math, it's a fancy way of saying the average, right? So depending on the metric that they use, the average income in America is $67,000. And that seems like a lot, right? But you have to remember that it's the larger salaries that are pulling that score up, okay? So the median, so the median is basically if you take all the scores and you line them up right which one is dead in the middle so if you take all the working people in america and you line and you line all their salaries up from end to end the median is thirty-one thousand dollars. okay keep one thing in mind if you're making fifteen thousand of i'm sorry fifteen thousand if you're making fifteen dollars an hour your salary is like $31,000, dollars before taxes. And $31,000 is not really a lot of money. You can't really live on that. Figure like this. If you're paying $1,000 in rent a month, so you're paying $12,000, that's what? Almost a third of your money? No, actually, if you're making $26,000 after taxes, right? That's about half your salary just in rent. So we have this illusion that America is the greatest country in the world and that everybody's is doing well. I once heard a comedian say years ago that people can eat better out of our dumpsters than they can in most places in the world. Of course, that's ridiculous hyperbole. Okay. Americans are doing bad. Okay. We tend to look at the stock market as a as you know, us doing great. How many people in America really own stocks? And if you do own stocks, like I've had a friend tell me that he made a, he made he made a, a nice little chunk of change in the stock market, a few hundred grand in the stock market. But that's after years and years 
of careful cultivation of his portfolio. Decades even, right? Nancy Pelosi's husband had a deal in, in uh, either late November, early December, one stock trade, $5 million. That's why all the all the Gen Xers and Gen Zs started, uh, I'm sorry, the Gen Zs and uh, millennials started following his portfolio. To just like, hey, this guy seems to have the, the inside track. Of course he does. His wife is the speaker of the house. So of course he has the inside track. Right. But this TikToker asked a question that I never thought to ask. So we always talk about the mean, the median. He said, what is the mode? And I was like, what the hell is the mode? The mode is basically when you take that string of salaries, which number shows up the most? Now, if you look at the uh, depending on the metric that you use for most of them that I've seen, it's about $18,000. That shows up the most. If you look at the Census Bureau, it's between uh, five dollars and $10,000, but that's with the census. So they're counting, you know, a lot of younger kids and stuff like that who don't really make a lot of money. But here is one thing. I was looking at a, a website. Uh, did I get the name of the website? No, but they have all these different lists and stuff like that and graphs and stuff. So they had percentage distribution of household income in the U in the U.S. in 2020. Oh, I'm sorry, 2021. So they break it down under 15,000, 15 to 24, 25 to 40 to 34, so on and so forth. So if you looked at, uh, and where did I do my, where did I do my breakdown here? 11.6. So if you look at households between under 15,000 to $50,000, right? That's 37% of the country. But if you look at between $50,000 and then over $200,000 going that way, it's 62% of the country. So you so if you look at that metric, you're thinking, "Okay, well, 62% of the, of the country is making $50,000 and over." That's great. We're doing great. Jesus, Merce, why are you always so down? Shut the fuck up and just enjoy yourself. But here's the thing. That's household income. Okay? Household income is basically everybody in your household, what they make. So if you and, if you and your wife make $30,000 each and then your kid who works part-time makes $15,000, then yeah, your household income is uh, $75,000. But $75,000 split between three people, that's not a lot of money. And that's before taxes. So you always got to dig a little bit deeper into the numbers, right? Now, the reason why I bring this up is because there was an article that I read about Jeff Bezos, everybody's favorite billionaire. Don't we all love Jeff Bezos, folks? As Donald Trump would say, don't we love Jeff? You know, uh, you know, he's Amazon.com, who I can't seem to escape from. You know, I, you know, it's like being on heroin. Like you want to, you want to quit so bad, and you find yourself right back there with that needle in your arm. Fuck you, Bezos, you cocksucker. Anyway, um, Jeff Bezos is starting a preschool, right? And 
you would think, okay, well, you know, Jeff Bezos was doing his own space program to shoot billionaires in the space. I always thought that that was funny. There's some kid who grew up watching Star Trek and he was like, I want to be an astronaut. So he, he trains himself to the peak of physical perfection. He goes to the military, goes to the Air Force. You know, he does all this stuff and then he becomes an astronaut, right? And then he finds out that some rich jagoff could just pay Jeff Bezos money and go to space. The thing he trained his entire life to do, some rich asshole could just give Jeff Bezos $10 million and he'll just fly him in outer space. Which I always thought was ridiculous. But Jeff Bezos is creating a, uh, you know, creating uh, preschools, right? And he's creating them in underserved areas, which on its face is noble, right? You figure, okay, uh, here's the thing about that. A couple things about that. Number one, wouldn't it just be easier to just pay your taxes? We don't need Jeff Bezos to make a preschool. We don't need Bill Gates to, to fuck with our education system. We don't need Elon Musk to do whatever the fuck Elon Musk does when he's not being Elon Musk. You know, all we need you to do is to pay your taxes. Here's the thing. If you paid your taxes, your fair share of taxes, not the, not the pittance that you pay, we wouldn't care what you do with the rest of your money. You could, you could take your money, put it in a blender, liquefy it, and just give yourself an enema with it. And we would not care. Because as long as you pay your fair share of taxes, what you do with the rest is totally up to you. But he decides he wants to make a preschool. And people in the area are a little bit pissed at him because they're like, look, uh, and this is in, um, you know, in Seattle, not too far from the Amazon's, head, uh, Amazon's headquarters. And they're like, look, we already have a preschool system in place with people who have been doing this for decades. But unfortunately, we are devastated because of COVID-19. So wouldn't it have been easier instead of creating your preschool from scratch, wouldn't it have been easier to just help the preschools that are already in the area to give them the resources that they need to combat this COVID-19 setback and get them back on track. Would have been a lot easier, but Jeff Bezos won't do that. You know why? Because a lot of these ultra-rich people are just narcissistic assholes. And they think that because they know how to make money, and to them, making money is the most important thing in the world. So if you could do that, you could do anything you want. You can make preschool. You know, you can make self-driving cars. You know, Elon Musk can't make a self-driving car that doesn't just randomly murder homeless people. But he feels that because he knows how to make money, he could just do whatever he wants to. Elon Musk can't make a rocket with a working toilet that doesn't spray its astronauts with shit every time it goes into space. That's the real thing, by the way. I'm not just making up to be funny. On more than one of those flights, the toilet system didn't work, and then it actually ended up spraying people with feces while they were in, in, in zero gravity. Isn't that fun? Don't you want to just buy a Tesla <laughs> after hearing that or ride one of his self-driving cars? Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. 
But why wouldn't Jeff Bezos just invest in the things in the area? Like I said, he's a narcissist. And he feels he knows what's best just because he's rich. He's an oligarch. He feels that he should be in charge because he's rich. Don't forget that's how America kind of started. You know, they only wanted the voters to be wealthy landowners because they figured that the wealthy knew best. Well, at least back, well, you know, I can't say, I was about to say something really stupid. Like at least back then they knew how to accrue wealth. Oh yeah, they accrued wealth through slavery. So yeah, I guess they did know how to accrue wealth. Nothing's really changed in this day and age. So I don't know. But I mean, I'm glad that people are checking uh, Jeff Bezos on this, you know, and just not, you know, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of, billionaire stands who are just going to be like, oh my God, thank you, Jeff. Thank you. And there are other people who are just like, what's your angle here? Why would you want to do this? So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bitter old man. I don't know. But moving on. Okay. Uh, I want to talk before I go into the to the, the next part of this. I want to talk about Robert LeMay. We talked about him for a little bit on the Sunday show. I didn't go too deep into it, right? Uh, this is from The Independent. A state trooper who left his job over a vaccine mandate telling Washington State Governor Jay Inslee to kiss my ass has died of COVID. Robert LeMay, 51, was fired in October over his refusal to get the jab and filmed a video of himself hitting out at Mr. Inslee. In the video, he says, this is my final sign-off. After 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, I'm being asked to leave because I am dirty. So this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car and Jay Inslee can kiss my ass. I'm pretty sure that uh, LeMay went on to great things. Oh, no, he didn't because he's dead. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, man. Don't dance on this man's grave, okay? I wouldn't do that because he's not Rush Limbaugh, okay? Uh, now, here's the thing. Is this uh, is karma? I don't think it's karma. It's not karma. That, that, no, that's the way that karma works. Is it irony? No, I think that has to do with something like being opposite or something like that. I don't think that's irony either. It's, uh, it's stupid is what it is. Okay, it's fucking stupid. I don't know this man. I don't know his health history. I imagine if he was a state trooper, you know, he looked like he was in infinitely better shape than I am. Okay, I'm a big fat chubby guy. So this guy was in infinitely better shape than I was. Okay, and he died for nothing. Now, keep one thing in mind. I want you to understand something. Like I said, I don't know his health history. Okay, if he had the vaccine, would he have survived COVID? I don't know. But would he have had a better chance of surviving COVID? The answer is yes. He would have had a better chance. Would he have? Don't know. Okay. You figure if you have pre-existing conditions, you will have a rougher time. But if you have the vaccinations and a booster, you will have a better chance. So if you have pre-existing conditions, if you've had uh, cancer and had chemotherapy, if you're uh, diabetic, you know, so on and so forth. Anything that may compromise your immune system, okay? 
you're basically at a bigger risk, which is why you need to be vaccinated. Okay. Now, here's my thing. Okay. There's been a lot of vaccine information going around. And even a lot of people who have faced uh, a lot of horrible situations. I, I swear uh, there was a point in time where a lot of people who I, who I love and care about or, you know, people who I love and care about who had relatives that died, like it just seemed like uh, just a wave of death. You know, one of my dearest friends in the whole world, you know, his family is like family to me. You know, his dad died. Of COVID, you know, uh, my uncle died of COVID, and my father couldn't even go to the funeral. My father's from the West Indies, so it's not like oh, I had to travel to the West Indies to go to go to my brother's funeral. My dad lives in New York; he was right in Boston. He could have just drove to the funeral. Couldn't do that because of COVID. Our co-host uh, Odie, her father died of COVID around that same time. Um, one of my friends, her mother died, and she couldn't even go to the funeral. Because uh, of COVID. Now, a lot of this happened at around a time when vaccines were not widely available. Okay. So um, there's that as well. But COVID does really kill people. I mean, we've lost almost, what, 900,000 people in the United States alone? We're, what, 5% of, of the world's population? And we had, what, at one point what, 20% of COVID deaths, you know? So there are a lot of people who are dying unnecessarily or getting sick unnecessarily. Uh, and when I say getting sick, I mean like having to be hospitalized, having to be intubated because they don't want to get vaccinated. Now, I know in the beginning, the way these vaccines came out so quick, people were skeptical. But then, uh, and, and here's the thing that always baffled me about this sort of thing. If you have... There are people who don't trust the CDC, right? I understand that to a point, you know, especially if you're African-American, we always seem to be on the bad side of human experimentation, Tuskegee experiment, so on and so forth. That's, I get that, right? But they will say, well, I don't trust the CDC, but then they'll turn around and trust uh, VAERS. So I forget what VAERS stands for, but it's basically if you have a, like if there's like a vaccine and you have like side effects, you could report it to VAERS. Now, here's the thing about VAERS that a lot of people aren't really getting. They report this stuff and then they ha has to be investigated. But before it's investigated, it's still out in the open for everybody to see. So when Nicki Minaj was talking about her cousin's balls, cousin's friend's balls or what have you, right? And... All of a sudden, uh, people were when, when I joked about it on Facebook, people were sending me links to theirs about people who were saying that they had something similar. That's what they said, but it, at that point, it had not been investigated. One person on TikTok said that he actually sent in something to theirs saying that the vaccine turned him into the Incredible Hulk. And theirs printed it. Because they have to print it until they can disprove it. So they'll believe, they won't believe the CDC, but they'll believe theirs of people just posting stuff that has not been proven. Absolutely hilarious. Okay. But there has been 
consequences for this sort of thing. So figure it like this, right? Joe Rogan has the most popular podcast on the planet right now. I don't know about on the planet, definitely in America, you know, and uh, the Joe Rogan experience. And he has an exclusive deal with Spotify. I think his deal is, I don't know how many years it's worth, but it's worth $100 million. And he has been posting, uh, he's been doing a lot of vaccine misinformation. And Joe Rogan does the same thing that Alex Jones did, the same thing that Tucker Carlson did. Oh, don't listen to me. Don't take medical advice from me. I'm just a big, dumb meathead. Why would you take medical advice from me? But the problem is people do take medical advice from him. That's the problem. So when he's out there telling people that uh, masks don't work that or his guests come on and make outrageous claims, like he'll have Jordan Peterson on just talking the most ridiculous stuff you ever want to hear. You know, don't take my word for it. Uh, he, he has clips on YouTube. You can watch it for yourself. They just say the most ridiculous things. Or he'll post something and then they'll find out that it's not true. And instead of giving a disclaimer, he'll just delete it. You know, and not say, oh, this was wrong. I apologize. He'll just delete it. But by then, 80, 90, 100,000 people have already seen it and hit like on it. So basically, Joe Rogan is on Spotify and Neil Young is also on Spotify. He's not a podcaster. He's a very famous musician. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Neil Young and Crazy Horse. And a really quick bit of trivia. I found this out watching Rick James's uh, Behind the Music. He was in a group with Rick James way back in the day called the Minor Birds. And when Rick James had went AWOL from the Navy, went to Canada and he met Neil Young and they formed a group. But they had fired their manager and to get revenge on Rick James, uh, he dropped a dime to the Navy and told them where Rick James was. So they captured him and he spent a year in the brig. <laughs> so who knew what could have happened if you had Rick James and Neil Young making music together for years? That would have been awesome. But anyway, Neil Young basically wrote an open letter and he basically just said, you could have Joe Rogan, you could have Neil Young, but you can't have both. Take my music off of Spotify. And they did. And then Joni Mitchell came up and followed suit. Also, you know, very famous singer. She followed suit. Now, there have been a lot of groups here and there that have been that I've been seeing that they were saying, take my music off of Spotify. I know um not Neil Diamond, uh, what's his name? I think it was Barry Manilow. I think they came back. Barry Mendel had to do a disclaimer. Like he's, uh, I think they said that Barry Mendel had asked to take his music off of Spotify. And he said, I said no such thing, <laughs> you know? So the only three groups I know for sure is Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, and uh, an alternative band from the 90s called Failure. And I know when they announced it on, on Facebook, people were like, oh, who's that? I actually have one of their albums. They're actually pretty good. Failure. I don't know why we, nobody was listening to them. I just looked them up. They only had five streams last month. <laughs> now, are their albums still on Spotify, though? I utilized the Google Archives. So I looked. I looked a couple months back. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, they had some. They had some minor hits in the nineties. 
they released a few albums over the last few years. I hadn't heard much from them, but the album that I did have from them, which is called uh, Fantastic Planet, it's actually a really good album. And they had a song on there called uh, The Nurse Who Loved Me. I think uh, Perfect Circle covered it. I know, I know you're like, who's a perfect circle? I know I'm, I'm out in the weeds here. But Spotify, I mean, with all this whole COVID thing going on, they lost $4 billion in market value. Their stocks actually went down over this. So they actually had to start putting disclaimers and Joe Rogan had to come out and, and walk back on some stuff. And it's become a whole big mess. And Apple Music saw blood in the water. And now they have ads where they were like, Dio Young lives here. Joni Mitchell lives here. Now, I could not back this up with any certainty. So don't take this part as gospel. But supposedly, most of the music, like 70% of the music that's streamed on Spotify is older music. Now, they did not define what older music is. They didn't give a, a put it like this. Some people consider 90s music older music because kids who were born in the 90s are now 30 years old. You know, so older music could be from, you know, from a number of different decades. But the fact that if that is true, you know, if a lot of these, let's just say, uh, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and, you know, uh, ZZ Top and all these other groups started like pulling their music from Spotify. Right. And it could hurt. Now, failure was a double edged sword because they did it in solidarity with Neil Young and the rest, but also because they were like, who gives a shit? We don't make money off Spotify anyway. And Spotify does not want to see a mass exodus over that because then they either got to start paying people more or let them go to Apple Music. So they're trying to nip this whole thing in the bud. But it feels weird that all this stuff was going on. All these people are bitching about it. And I don't, I don't want to say bitching about it like it's not important. They're complaining about it, rightfully so. But it wasn't until somebody like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell took a stand that Spotify actually did something. Because they have you, you do the thing that really gets these people attention and that is you hurt their bottom line once you hurt their bottom line they'll listen to what you have to say one thing i always one thing i always joked about when ice t came out with cop killer back in the 90s warner brothers stood behind ice t they defended him and then all these people said well we're gonna start going after your stockholders and then they made ice t pull the song off the album and publicly apologize and Ice-T gave a, basically a, a, a fuck you apology. He didn't actually use the words fuck you, but he wanted to. You know, he was just like, yeah, yeah, we're taking the song off the album. Luckily, my version of, uh, of that album still has Cop Killer on it. So, you know, I don't know if that's considered. Yeah, that. encode that to MP3 and send me that, please. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Yeah. But um, it's absolutely absolutely ridiculous that and i will say one thing where the pressure is not always applied by famous people you know we talked about the case where the um the uh i don't have my notes in front of me bear with me here but we talked about this on the sunday show the young lady who got uh you know who went on that uh that bumble date and she died in her own apartment 
and uh, her date called the cops because she was unresponsive. They found out she had all these drugs in her system, right? They were going to let that slide because the cops were just like, oh, well, he seemed like a nice guy, right? But all these TikTokers started making this whole thing a federal case. They started spreading her name around. And now the cops had no choice but to investigate because they did a half-assed investigation. They treated the family pretty badly. They didn't even know their daughter was dead until they went to her house and there was a note, oh yeah, if you're here for your daughter, come to this address, which is like the coroner's office. Like, holy shit, are you kidding me? But it was that type of pressure. So I wish there were more Neil Youngs who would just come out and start putting the screws of these people. I mean, granted, I'm pretty sure that $4 billion in market share Spotify lost, I'm pretty sure they'll get it back. But losing $4 billion in a day in market share, it sends a message. And it lets people know, going back to the other point, you can't really just do what you want without consequence. Yeah, you got freedom of speech, sure. But, there's, but you're not free from consequence. And that COVID misinformation is getting people killed because people like Joe Rogan is spreading out stuff like, oh, well, if you're young and healthy, why do you need to get vaccinated? You have natural immunity. No, you don't. So more power to Neil Young, you know, more power to uh, Joni Mitchell and failure and whoever else decides to pull their music, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's because they want to battle against Joe Rogan or because they're not getting paid, which sucks either way. So I will, before we wrap up, I want to talk about one thing that landed on my desk just before the show, before we wrap up, there was a woman who, and actually young Turks did a story on it. So if you want to get the full story, get it there, but I'm going to tell the, the abridged version, a woman, an old lady got scammed by these uh, people who said that, oh, uh, your grandson is in jail for drunk driving, and if you want to get him out of jail, his bail is $8,000. So the woman was like, oh, yeah, uh, I, have the, I have the money, but I have it at my house. You got to come get it. And what she did was she called the cops and told the cops what happened, and she figured, nah, they're not going to fall for that. No, they showed up at her house <laughs> to get the money. And then the cops arrested him. And she had one of those uh, those doorbell cams. So she had pictures of the cops arresting the scammers on her front lawn <laughs> as they came to get the $8,000. I was like, I don't know. They always, I, you know, are there really smart criminals out there? I don't know. Because why would you think... If you try to scam somebody for $8,000 and they were like, yeah, just come to my house and get the money. What makes you think, ooh, we're in the money now? <laughs> so I don't know. Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts, sir? I would have to say my final thoughts is I have to disagree with you regarding Jeff Bezos and the daycare thing. I think his rates will be so low. I could finally save some money on daycare. Woohoo, yeah, baby. I'm lying. Because the thing about when big markets come into markets, come into areas, mm -hmm. they they are undercut significantly. And then when those markets, their competition or what they deemed as competition at one point, 
no longer exists, then boom, the prices that they have actually go above what the prices that were set before they came into play. I've seen this happen in my native town of New London, Connecticut, when we got a Walmart. I've seen this happen mm -hmm. in many places that, you know, I might have had mom and pops and then Walmart came and those smaller, those mom and pops, you know, suddenly started getting smaller and smaller until they disappeared. And then boom, then Walmart would steadily rise their prices up and then it would go past the price in which it was by the marketer that was in the area who they snuffed out. I'm afraid because right now I have a friend, she pays, I want to say $1,500 a month in ch child care. Now, maybe Jeff Bezos will come in and he'll undercut that, make it like a thousand. But then in two years, when there's no other kinder cares and La Petite's around, it might be two thousand or three thousand dollars, you know? Right. No. People be careful like what you wish for and be careful. Everything that's sweet is not is is probably cavity ridden. You know what I'm saying? Basically. What, that's all I gotta old, say about that. What's the old saying go? If the shoe fits, it's probably the wrong color. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then whatever, if it's sweet, it's probably bad for your teeth. Watch out now. Basically. <laughs> so, but all right, Mr. Blue, play us off, sir. All right, if you haven't already, <laughs> back to the top of the show. <laughs> Please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies, as well as 360 degrees. We had other shows such as um, a man's perspective, and he says, she said, Mercedes says she'll come back. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Urban Breakdown Podcast, available on all streaming podcasts. This video broadcast is available to you on our Facebook page, known as the Urban Breakdown, and soon to come on Spotify. We did not get approved to be on Spotify as a video as of yet. Until then, be well, be great, and remember, politics is truly politics.